Are you fatigued by your job? Do you want to make a change in career, but just don't know how? Well, Andy Scotch is a talent development specialist, and he's right now writing a book on own your career and own your life. So if you want to know more about how you can take charge and make that shift in your career, then stay tuned. This is your host, Deepa Natarajan. Welcome to Meet My Potential Podcast, where we talk to leaders from around the world to inspire you and to ignite your potential. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, then you might just want to do that so that you can get updates on the latest podcast that will be coming out. So let's welcome Andy to the show. Hello, and welcome, Andy, to Meet My Potential Podcast. How are you doing today? Fantastic, Deepa. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am honored, I'm flattered, and I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. So, Andy, let's just deep dive into the subject because I know that you are writing a book on this that's soon going to be out. Take ownership of your career. What does that mean? Well, I think so many people out there, and I've been working in the consulting space world for 10 years and the corporate world for much longer than that, and I've met hundreds of people being big into networking And what I find is that so many people out there are kind of drifting along in their career and life. They may have chosen a career or gotten into a career because their parents suggested it or an uncle told them that would be a good job or a friend in college said, hey, you should choose this major. Or, you know, they just took a job because it was the only one that was hiring at the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've actually been that person in almost all of those scenarios. I I don't want people to regret or go back and think they need to change the past It's about taking ownership of your career and where you are right now. That means, are you doing the thing that you truly want to do? Does it support your greater vision or goal for where you want to get to in your career and your life? Does it connect to a purpose? Does it get you excited to come to work every day? And I think very few people feel that way. And it's because they haven't really taken the time to sit down and think about the job they're doing, how it fits into a greater career, greater vision of where they want to go. And I just want to encourage people to you know, sit down, take the time to, to self-reflect, think about what they really enjoy doing, where they might want to go with their career, what they might want to be doing long-term, and how what they're doing fits into that. And then maybe we could make a plan to make changes if that needs to happen. And that doesn't mean I'm saying that everybody needs to, you know, quit their jobs and travel the world or go sit on a beach or, or something like that or leave the, the corporate life. It's really just about doing what you really want to do, because maybe you accidentally ended up in finance, but you find that you love people and you truly want to be in HR. That's great. Let's make a plan to make that happen and stop drifting or sitting around waiting for someone else to tell you what to do for your boss or your parents or anybody else to give you the instructions or the guidance. I just think so many people are waiting for others to give them the guidance or tell them what to do in their career. And I want people to really realize that everybody truly owns their own career. You truly own your career and nobody cares more about your career than you do. (laughs) So rightly said, I know that I became a software engineer because it was the dumb thing in India back then because IT was just booming in India. And so if you wanted a great career, the society kind of laid out those norms that you either become a doctor or you become an engineer. And I decided to become a software engineer because I was good at math and also because the job was quite lucrative. And I knew that I could maybe one day go to the US, but finally I never went to the US. So (laughs) somehow... Um, it, it is kind of external driven. That is, it's pressure from the society or the norms of the society or uh, bringing or people that have shaped us. And maybe we also liked that uh, orientation and we got onto it. But then there comes a moment when you reach a level of fatigue 
or maybe you're interested in something else. And then you suddenly look at your life and you say, well, I'm 42 or I'm 50. Mm -hmm. It's too late now. And I'm going to be a beginner. How do I get that done? I don't know how to move all those pieces because now I have a family. I have children. I have responsibilities. Back then, it was just me. My education was funded. And I had the whole life ahead of me. And now it's kind of like when you say take ownership, that's easily said, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there's so many strings attached. And so, yeah, what challenges do you see when people are at that crossroads? Yeah, I mean, taking ownership is is scary. We're all kind of taught to just do whatever, you know, society says that we should go to work for this amount of time. We should all be striving for that next promotion. Um, we should be, you know, watching a ton of sports or Netflix or all these other things that take a lot of time um, that we do because that's that's kind of like what everybody else does. Taking ownership means you figure out exactly what it is you want to do, what makes you happy, what makes you not happy. Uh, and start to be more intentional about where you're going. And and maybe you do wake up and decide that, hey, this is not exactly what I want to do. You know, it, it made sense practically to become a software engineer early on in my career. But now I decide that I really, like I said, the, the HR example, or I want to um, write books, or I want to do something else. That's going to require a big change. And, and those changes are scary. Uh, and it's really your ego and that fear that might get in the way. Because making a change at 42 or 50 really is nothing when you think about how long of a life you get. If you're living a fairly healthy life, uh, you might be working into your 70s or even 80s, potentially people are retiring much later. If you're doing something that you enjoy doing, you may want to work longer, but the key is to get to that thing that you enjoy doing. So that's going to require some work. It's going to require some trade-offs, some decisions. Uh, Maybe it's taking classes at night or courses online. Maybe it's going out and, and intentionally building your network uh, having conversations internally. Maybe it's taking some chances and applying for some things that maybe you didn't think was possible before. Uh, maybe it's working a little bit harder to get that promotion that you want. It might even be sacrifices of less time with your family or maybe sacrificing the promotion so you can spend more time with your family. The answer is really up to you, but I think the whole the thing that holds people back the most is that fear right? that they're either going to fail or they're going to be judged by others who don't agree with their career decision. And again, nobody cares about your career more than you. So you've got to make the right decision for you. And that's what it really means to take ownership. Wow. Uh, There's just so many things out there that you just mentioned. And one of them that I want to pick up is judged by others. How do you deal with the judgment of others? It's so difficult. I mean, I've dealt with that my entire life. I was a very shy kid because I was so afraid of rejection and judgment. And uh, it took me a while to get out of that and, and become you know, uh, really embrace my extroversion and go out and build a network and talk to a lot of people. And I still deal with that all the time. But, you know, what you have to realize is that, first of all, there's something innate in our brains that causes us to fear judgment and rejection from others. And that's because for centuries as a society, we lived in, you know, tribes where we relied on each other for survival. And if you got kicked out of a tribe or a group, then that was pretty much a death sentence, right? You couldn't survive out in the wild on your own, you know, in 2000 years ago. But today, logically, it doesn't make sense, right? If you mm-hmm. get rejected by someone or you judged poorly by someone, that doesn't, it's not a death sentence for you. In fact, it might even be a good thing because that person who's judging you is probably not the type of person you want to be around anyway. We really rely so much on the judgment of others and we let others dictate our decisions in life 
For instance, you may not, you may decide you want to make a career change, but you're so afraid of what your parents might think, your siblings might think, your friends from high school, or even your colleagues, that you never go forward with it. And when you think about it logically, you're like, that doesn't make sense, letting those people hold me back from my own life, the thing that I want to go towards. You, you got to like sit in that, think about what fear is real and what is really not something that is actually a threat to you. And then eventually, you've got to either have a tough conversation with some of those people and say, hey, you may not agree with the, the direction I'm going in, you know, I mom, I know you wanted me to be an engineer and I've decided to be a stand-up comedian or whatever crazy thing it is you want to go do, <laughs> right? And she or they may not agree with that and you have to be okay with that. And then at some point, you just got to take action and say, you know, I don't care. It's not that you don't care what other people think. I personally am a very social person. I have lots of friends and I do care what other people think. But at the same time, I have to make decisions for me and not worry about whether they approve of those decisions or not. And I think that's the hardest thing to get past. It's not easy. It takes practice. You know, sometimes it takes some coaching. I also always advise that find some friends who are supporters of your dream, right? Who are also big dreamers or ambitious who are doing big things and are going to support you and say, yeah, you should go for that. I'm going for that too. Versus your old mates or friends from high school who just want you to keep the status quo or trying to bring you back, you may have to disassociate yourself from some of those people. But a lot of times we're not even talking about big changes, right? You're just talking about making some tweaks in your career to do the things that you really want to do. And it might just require some tough conversations with your manager, with your colleagues, with yourself to say, this is what I really want to do. I'm not worried about other people's approval. I just need to find the right way to get there and make a plan and make it happen. Fantastic. Fantastic. You make it sound so simple. What was one of the biggest challenges that you came across when you made the shift? Oh, I mean, it's not easy, right? Like I said, I still deal with it to this day. I recently made a shift. I, I was an independent consultant with a, a small company and I went out on my own completely because that's what I really dreamed of. That was my long-term dream. That's what I really wanted to do. And even just telling my father recently that that's what I was going to do, I was worried about his approval and what he might say. But I had to keep reminding myself that you know, hey, this is my life. It's my career. I know what I'm doing. I have friends and support. And uh, I know that he'll be proud of me in the end. But it's just difficult at the time. I've made a lot of difficult shifts over the years, done a lot of different things, moved across the country here in the US, tried different jobs, uh, invested in education, you know, went out on my own, started different things. And those things were always scary. And what I always found was having support from friends and coaches who really believe in you is one of the most important things. Uh, I've also been lucky to have a, a wife who supports me and uh, we have a lot of those conversations as well to really think things through and make sure we're doing the right thing. But at the end of the day, the thing that's really helped guide me the most in all of those difficult decisions, especially the last three or four years, is I think about what are my dreams, where do I want to get, and what am I going to regret not doing at the end of my life? You know, when you get to the end, you've ever seen the book or some of those things on the internet about the top regrets of the dying, uh, the number one regret is that people didn't really follow their dream or follow their passion. It's the chances they didn't take. And I don't want to have a lot of those regrets when I die. So I focus on that when I face those scary situations of, you know, I want to make a move in this job or I want to go for this. And I've had plenty of failures and unsuccessful moves as well, but I want to keep moving forward and, and keep taking chances because I know at the end of the day, you know, we kind of get one life and I, I don't want to waste it. Beautiful. So beautiful. You took your chances and there's no safe way to be great. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> so for folks listening out there, think about what are your dreams and what would you regret if you didn't take your chances to yeah. go try it out? Yeah, it's it's a tough one, right? You, it requires a lot of self-reflection, which I know you're into, and self-awareness and thinking about what am I good at? What am I not good at? What do I enjoy? What do I not enjoy? What are those chances I want to take? And some of those chances might have passed us by, right? When I was a kid, my dream was to be a professional baseball player. And there's no chance, you know, I'm 40 years old. It's not going to happen now, but there's plenty of other dreams that I can pursue and that I know I'll regret not pursuing. And I heard something to add extra fire to that. I heard something a couple of years ago that has driven me, which is that the definition of hell, definition of hell is meeting the person, getting to the end of your life and meeting the person that you could have been, right? The person you could have become, basically the person who has achieved their potential you think about the sadness and regret that might come with that, that fuels me, that drives me to take more of those chances and, and try to live my best life, fulfill my true potential, and then inspire other people to do the same. That's the mission I'm on. Fantastic, fantastic. Great mission. And uh, who do you want to become is a great question. So for folks listening out there, just ask yourself one question, who do you want to become? And it's not an easy question to answer because no. very often we hang on to who we are today. And we try to preserve that because our ego loves to preserve that. So mm. who do you want to become is the question because we're constantly changing. And if I look back and think, I think like 20 years ago, I would have never thought that I'm going to become a coach. Mm. And here I am. Last 10 years is what I've been doing. Yeah, very successfully. And who knows? Uh, in the next 10 years, maybe that's not what I'm going to be doing. So you never know where it's going to go, right? And the, exactly. and the thing about it is, I, I, I tell people like in the book, it's important to set a vision and, and have some goals to know where you want to go so that people can help you along the way and you can be very intentional with your path. But you never know where you're going to end up. I had no idea if you asked me five years ago, especially 10 years ago, that I'm going to be you know, hosting two podcasts and uh, writing a book and doing all the stuff that I'm doing. I, you, I would have been shocked. But um, if you keep <laughs> moving forward in, in a goal with intention, with vigor, with excitement, and building your network and getting help from others, you know, the sky is the limit. You keep mentioning that time and again, get a network. Mm. And that is essential. I remember to make the shift that I made today, I hired a coach. And every time I hired a coach in my business, the amount I invested in, in the coach my business got 10 times more revenue than the amount of money I invested in the coach. Mm. So every time I got that return of investment and, but there was no direct correlation. Like a coach just allowed me to open my eyes and think differently. And as we think differently and open our perspectives, a lot more becomes accessible to us. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, it's been, it's been invigorating for me as I've hired coaches and joined mastermind groups over the last three or four years uh, I've seen my success skyrocket as well. And it's because you have that sounding board. You have someone who's on your team, who's pushing you, challenging you, supporting you. And hopefully you get that internally if you're in the corporate world, right? From your manager or finding a mentor, but that's not always the case. And so it can be really valuable uh, to find that coach, find that mentor, and just find people who can support you because you know you brought up the idea of of having a network we are not we are social creatures as humans and we are not meant to do things on our own you hear about the quote self-made man or self-made woman and it's really a myth right people usually have help all along the way i've had tons of people helping me in my journey i seek out to help other people all the time 
And um, I find that most jobs, most opportunities that come both internally and in the organization externally, they always come from relationships, right? You'd so what's one of the challenges you faced yeah. or you've seen most of your clients face when they need to ask for help, when they need to seek out support? Well, I think a lot of people have trouble asking for help. You know, they're afraid to ask for help. They're afraid it look, makes them look weak. I've struggled with that. Or they're afraid that they might get help and not be able to reciprocate and that, you know, somehow the other person is going to be keeping score, which is usually not the case either. It's hard to ask for help sometimes. Or people just struggle with making that first contact, with building the network, which building the relationship, talking to people, talking to strangers. It's hard. But I think it's one of those things, just like with the career, that if you're more intentional and you say, this is something I have to do. I really need to go out and be intentional about building my network, about connecting with more people inside the organization. It's going to help me get more things done. It's going to lead to more opportunities later. Uh, so I'm going to be intentional. With this. I'm going to spend an hour a week uh, or a month or whatever building the network. Uh, I've been really intentional with building mine, joining groups, spending tons of money going to conferences. You and I met at a conference in London <laughs> last year. Uh, right. Because I, you know, we both spent money and decided to fly to London to go to a conference, right? And we made a bunch of friends. And as a result, we know so many people in the like the online space who are building businesses that we wouldn't know if we didn't go to that conference. And so I'm always doing things like that. I think in this kind of COVID or post-COVID world, we have so many benefits too that it's very easy to reach out to people on social media, LinkedIn email within your company and set up video calls, virtual coffees, and you can build relationships with people very easily. You're not asking for anything and you shouldn't do it when you're asking for something. Really, it's more about building relationships, seeking to help others, and that's going to come back to you tenfold, twentyfold. So don't wait until you are desperate or you need it or you're out of a job. I see so many people getting laid off now. Build your network now while you can and those people will be there to help and support you later. Every time I've needed to make a move, I have gone to my network. Every job and business opportunity I've ever gotten in my career working for, I don't know, 25 years, except for maybe one, have all come from relationships and people in my network. And even now, as I'm going out on my own, launching new things, this membership community I'm working on and the book that I'm working on, I've been tapping into my network and finding so many people with great experience and advice coming out and offering to help me because I've been helpful to them in the past. And again, it's not a tit for tat. We don't worry about keeping score. But when you spend a lot of time getting to know people, helping other people, then they're going to want to help you, right? The same way you feel. <laughs> Thank you so much for the wonderful tip for those who are feeling shy. Don't forget to listen to Bob Sh Sh Gentle's episode. And that will help you to get out of your shyness, get out of your comfort zone and reach out. And like Andy mentions, build your network now. Yes. And we met at uh, the Upreneur Conference with Chris Tucker and Chris Tucker last year said, if not now, then when? So mm. if not now, then when are you going to get out and build your network? So start right now. Yeah, start today. Glad you mentioned Bob Gentle. He's a good friend of mine and also someone that I met at the Upreneur Summit. We've supported each other from afar. He's in Scotland and I'm here in Orlando in the US and we've had each other. I've been on his podcast. He's been on mine. It's a beautiful thing when you go out and, and build those relationships. Exactly. Thank you so much, Andy, for being here with us. Would you like to share one last message before we close uh, this episode? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm working on a book. It's called Own Your Career, Own Your Life, and it'll be out in September. 
And uh, I want people to stop drifting and truly take control of their future. I want you to be really intentional and think about where you want to be and, and avoid some of the mistakes that people make out there. So as I mentioned to you earlier, I put together a report of the top five most common career mistakes that people make, especially in the corporate world, based on reaching out to tons of people in my network. And uh, you can go grab that. It's a free report of the top five mistakes, career mistakes people make by going to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash mistakes. So ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash mistakes. And you can get access to that. And you know, if you've learned anything from this, you take action. I'd love to hear from you. I just want people to be more intentional with their actions, with their life, and especially with their career because you know, you're going to be working for a long time, but at the same time, you only get one shot and I want people to make the most of it. Thank you so much, Andy. I'll put the links in the show notes and thanks very much. And for those listening, don't forget when you take action, get in touch with Andy. I'm sure he'll be pleased to receive your email. 100%. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope you liked the episode. And if you did, do go hit the like button, leave us a little review comment that will help us to spread the word on this podcast. Thank you very much for listening and I look forward to talking to you again in two weeks time. And until then, stay cool.